Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I've got a few things that I would like to talk about in preparation for Halloween week, which will be next week. So we're going to start talking more about paranormal things for this and next week. So anyways, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is that you recall a couple of months ago, and I was telling you about the woman who had the the spirit spouse, the spirit boyfriend or whatever you would like to call them, and how she was not ready to get rid of him. Well, I have a um, listener who sent me a story about this woman. I want to say she's in Indiana. And apparently this woman married what she calls her ghost boyfriend. So... This person actually, and I don't know how, it doesn't go into detail about how the wedding took place or the marriage and any vows that they made or anything, but um, it is official that there is at least one person that we know of for sure who actually married her spirit, well, I guess now he really is her spirit spouse. It really doesn't shock me too much because I really believe that more of this is happening and has happened than we know because it's not something that you hear about all the time. And I'm pretty sure it's not something that people are just going to come out and say, oh yeah, I have a boyfriend, but no one can see him because he's a spirit. Not a whole lot of people are going to come out with it. I don't think. Or I'm sure I'm pretty sure we'd hear more about it. But um, I just wanted to touch on that particular story. And with saying that, it doesn't surprise me because, like I said, I believe that these things have probably been going on for quite a while. And... We just don't hear about them. But I recall people maybe about 10 years ago or so who started marrying like plants or their animals. I remember the story of the woman who married a tree. And if I recall correctly, I do believe that this woman was on YouTube and her she was there with the tree that um, she was getting ready to get married to. And some of the things that she said were a little graphic, a little more than we really needed to hear. But I'm pretty sure you can find this story on YouTube. I believe it's probably still there. And see what she had to say if if you're into that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't think it's so far-fetched to say that People aren't marrying their pets and spirits and and what have you. So anyways, with saying that, I wanted to 
also talk about things that disappear. I know we have talked about some of this stuff before, and I just wanted to tell about a few of my personal experiences, and these are things that are quite big and would be really difficult to just vanish, but that's exactly what happened. So in the morning when I'm driving to work, I get off the freeway and I make a left turn onto the street. Um, I want to say the name of the street is Champagne, but I'm not 100% sure. So anyhow, I get off the freeway, freeway, I make that left turn. And this particular morning, there was a car behind me and it looked to me like it was a black Camaro. Now, there are two lanes that you, there's one turning lane, but then once you make that left turn, there are two lanes that you can get into either the close left or the far left. So I wanted to get into the far left after I made my turn. I mean, it would be, I'm sorry, the far right after I made my left turn so that this Camaro could pass me by so I could see it because I could hear the exhaust. And when I looked in my rear view, it just looked like it was a really nice car. So, okay, the light turns green. I make my left turn. I get into the right lane, waiting for that car to come up on my left. Well, it didn't. It was not behind me. It was not to the left of me. And in this particular area, there is nowhere else to go. You cannot make a U-turn without being like in my plain view. I would have seen that car make the U-turn. There's just no way around it. And once you make that left, you have to go maybe about, oh, a quarter mile before you can make any type of turn, like into a driveway or anything. There's nowhere, nowhere to turn in right away. So this car went absolutely nowhere. It was behind me. Then it was gone. I looked to the left and there was no car there. I looked behind me. I even started going really slow. Like, okay, where in the heck did that car go? It vanished. So I just went ahead and went on my way. All right, and that's just something that happened. I didn't think about it too much. Every once in a while, even now, I still wonder where it went. But, oh well. So, later, maybe a couple of weeks later, I'm on the freeway, I'm driving home. It's daylight. Probably about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And here comes this, I guess it's, um. well, I kind of like a bright green, lime green kind of looking Camaro. I mean, you can't miss it. It's lime green. And it's to my left and a little bit up ahead of me. Well, the thing was blinding. I mean, I'm sure that you could see that car no matter where you're at. So anyhow, so I'm driving 
And I notice it because I'm thinking, now I'm not trying to offend anyone or anything, but this is just me, okay? I'm thinking, who in the world wants a bright lime green car? Okay, you know, whatever. So as I'm driving, another car kind of moves um, in the way of that Camaro. And then the Camaro is gone. And I'm thinking, there's no way that car could be gone. It's in the left lane. Just because a car moves across it for a split second to get over to the right a little bit, now the Camaro's gone. Now, in this particular part of the freeway, you start going up a little bit, like a little bit of an incline. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe that sucker sped up and it's up there now somewhere. Nope. There were not very many cars on the freeway at that particular time. And we were on that little bit of an incline and I could see all kinds of cars there. I'm telling you guys that bright lime green Camaro was nowhere The funny thing about these two incidents is that they were both Camaros. And there used to be a joke about me personally. Well, not a joke like, you know, but um, they used to say that if they ever stopped making Camaros, I, maybe Maria, wouldn't have a car to drive because I've had quite a few of them and I, I like them. And it was just kind of odd to me, like, well, what what in the heck's going on here? A black Camaro, a lime green Camaro, and they both disappeared. This has been a few years ago now. This didn't just happen, you know, like this year or even last year. I think this probably happened in 2017. And um, that's just a couple of the experiences that I wanted to tell you about as far as things disappearing. I do not know how this could happen except for if I was either seeing things or I don't know. I would, I guess I was seeing things or I was seeing things that only I could see for some reason. I believe that certain things happen to individuals that you see that are meant for you. Certain things you hear, certain things you see are maybe not meant for anyone else but you. So I think that that's why that happened to me. Although I don't know the moral of the story, I don't know why that would be. I just know what I saw and these are true stories. Oh, and the other thing is that they were both one, we were already on the 15 freeway. That was the lime green car. And one, I was getting off the 15 freeway, which was the black car. So there are a lot of things that are very similar. I mean, with both of these stories. All right. The other thing that I wanted to say is that that road that I made the left turn onto also is um, one of the main roads I take to work. And I'm going to say eight times out of 10, 
when I'm on that road, I get to a certain part and it's always, always in the same part of the road. It's never in a different area, always in the same part that, you know, those little light indicators that are on your side view mirrors in your car that let you know if there's another vehicle or anything in your blind spot? Well, my driver's side indicator, the blind spot indicator will come on and there's no one there. It doesn't come on anywhere else. I mean, unless there's actually a car there. But in this area where I'm driving, I see that little light come on and I look, you know, I do a head check. I turn and I look and there's no one there, not even a bicycle, not even a tree. There is nothing there. So I was talking to someone about this and telling, telling them about this, like, it's always in the same spot. You know, we have, there are a bunch of sensors in the cars and what have you, and certain things go haywire once in a while. But if that was the case, this would be happening in random areas. But no, it happens in the very same area each time. And what was said to me is, oh, one theory is that, well, maybe there is something there that just cannot be seen with like the human eye. That's possibility. I believe that um, that is a very good possibility. And that's really one of the only things that I can think of because it's in the same area and it doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter if I'm driving there in the afternoon, in the morning, or in the evening. That little indicator will come on. It's not on the passenger side ever. It's only on the driver's side. So that's, I don't really think that's spooky. I think that's more like mysterious. But anyhow, I just wanted to tell you guys about that also. And um, another thing in that same area, this is not the only thing that happens. I have this um, icon and this sound that will come on. If you are um, driving and you're getting really close to something and you're getting ready to like have a, like collide with something. If you're listening to your radio, you're listening to music, the music will stop your radio will go off and this sound will come on. And then this icon will come on in your dashboard little light area that it's like a, like a crashing sound that comes on. And then this, I don't know how to describe it. Like a, I don't know, like a big giant lightning bolt type of thing. In that same area, that will happen. Like I'm getting ready to hit something. My radio will turn off and that sound will come on, like the crashing sound and then that icon. And there's no one in front of me. There's absolutely nothing. 
I think I know when I'm getting ready to hit something or if someone would come out right in front of me, there's nothing. And it's almost like if the, if the side mirror indicator light doesn't come on on this whatever day, that crashing icon and sound will come on in the same spot of the road. So I don't know what this is. Maybe one day uh, when I have time, I should go there and just maybe take some pictures in that area and see if I get anything. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's more annoying than anything to me. It's just like, this is annoying. And for me to take it in and tell, what am I going to tell them? Oh, well, it only happens on this one part of the road. You know, that sounds kind of crazy, but it's true. This is an absolutely true story, and it continues even now. I mean, to this day, this, this is what's happening. It doesn't happen anywhere else but on that particular stretch of road. All right, enough for my experience. Uh, one of the other stories I wanted to tell you about. Now, this story goes back a long, a long time ago. Um, I'm not sure, but this may have started maybe even in the 1950s. And I heard about this story from people, man, when I was really, really young, I remember overhearing this story the first time. And um, so apparently there, I don't know the name of the road, but it was in the San Fernando Valley somewhere. And I'm pretty sure that at the time, this road was not heavily traveled. It may have been a two-lane road or even some sort of unpaved road. But the reports were that when people were driving on this road, they would see a dog. All of a sudden, this dog would appear. And no matter how fast you would start going in your car, the dog would keep up with you. But the thing about that is the dog's legs would not start moving faster. Like, oh, I got to keep up with you. No, the dog's legs were still moving like at a slow pace, but he was still keeping up with the car. Now, the person who told me this part of the story, I don't want to say his name because um, I... He didn't tell me I could, and i just rather not say his name. But he says that this didn't happen to him, but this happened to people that he knew, and he knew them really good, and I guess it happened when they were teenagers. And he used to hang out with these guys, you know, but at, this, at the time when this happened, he wasn't with them. So maybe they were just, you know, messing around and just 
embellishing this particular story. We don't know. But the story goes, they're driving on this road because they wanted to go check it out. They had heard this story ever since they could remember. And now, you know, there's a bunch of guys and they get in the car. Yeah, we're going to go see this dog, you know, and this and that. So they're driving down the road and they see the dog. Now, what was told to me is when they saw the dog, it wasn't like it was a, a real dog. It was more like they could see it, but it looked like it was um, like a spirit. It didn't look like a flesh and blood dog. So they say they see this dog like in a spirit form, but everyone could see it. There was no mistaking that, yes, we see a dog. And so they started going faster. In the first place, these guys really didn't believe the story, apparently. So when they see this spirit dog, they got scared. So what they did was they started going really fast just to get out of there. So I don't know how fast, just say 50 miles an hour. I don't know because I'm not familiar with that road at all. I don't know what it looked like. I don't know how fast fast would be on a road like this. So I'm just going to say 50, 60 miles an hour. I don't know if they were going 80 or, or 100. So what they did was they all braced for impact The driver slammed on the brakes and the car spun out. So there was dirt and dust that flew everywhere. And after that, they were like, oh, I guess we outran it. I guess it's gone. But what was told to me is that once they felt like they were all safe, and all the dust and dirt settled down, the dog was standing right in front of the car. And that the dog walked up slowly to the car, put its front paws up on the hood, and turned into the devil. Now, this story or, I mean, these kind of things cannot be vetted at all. But it sounds to me, I know it's an urban legend, and some of you may be familiar with this legend, and there are probably different versions. Well, I'm sure there are different versions because everybody has their own experience. But this, there's just something about it I'm not saying I believe everything people tell me, but there's just something about this and how it it ended. This, okay, this thing, this dog turns and morphs whatever into the devil. And then what? Well... That's not the end of the story.
because apparently when the guys saw this, I want to say there were five guys in this car. When they saw this happen, they got so scared, they passed out. The ending is a little humorous, but um, anyways, they pass out. And when the driver came to, and then one of the other guys, I, I guess from the back seat, was out of the car and he was standing there. And their music was still on. And the driver asked the guy who was standing outside of the car, he said, are we dead? And his buddy said, well, if we are, they play oldies. (laughs) That was like the, you know, the end of the story But it also made it kind of real to me because there are certain things in there that just, to me, have this realism. That was one of them. The other thing was the thing about uh, this dog coming and putting the paws up and turning into a demonic entity is another one. And then there's the other thing that I left out until right now. See, you know how guys are. You know, you got that male ego thing, you know, and guys, there are a lot of things that guys aren't going to say. There are a lot of things that guys aren't going to mention. But apparently what they said was that They were all in the first place. If you're scared enough, if you're frightened enough to pass out, that's uh, very, very intense. But they also said they all wet their pants. I don't know a whole lot of guys who would say that, you know, especially at that age, like 18 years old and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You know, we were so scared. Well, we passed out. We woke up. We had wet pants. There are not a whole lot of guys who would admit to that. So that also lends some realism to this story. Um, I believe that they did see something. I can't say what it was. I don't know if it was the devil, but they say that it was. As the story, as they relate it to this person. So, yeah, think about that one. I don't think a lot of guys are going to be, you know, saying that. But that story, um, yeah, I, I think it's a little creepy. And I also want to say that this happened not at night. This was not a nighttime story. I I think he said that this actually happened like in the late afternoon, maybe five o'clock or so. So um, that's just another one that I, I find that one kind of creepy. And I don't know if I would go down that, that stretch of road. I might not 
Well, I probably would. But um, you also have to remember that once you have something in your mind, I believe that your mind can create things to happen. Just like people who go, for example, to the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah, well, all the stories, you know, the Queen Mary's haunted and this and that. They even tell you the rooms and tell you what they see, what people see and what they hear. And so all these people, they go with this knowledge. They go with this belief. Yeah, you know, the Queen Mary's haunted. We know this and that's why we're going there. So that's why they all have these experiences. Even people who are like skeptics. Well, they call themselves skeptics, but still they go to these places. So even though you have some skepticism, you're still going in there because there's a part of you that believes the story. It's different if you're just a denier, okay? You're an unbeliever. You just don't believe in that stuff whatsoever. And no one is going to convince you about it, that it's true. But yet, why are you going there? It's just human nature. It's like when once that seed is planted, it's, it's going to grow a tree. It's going to grow a plant. I personally, I stay away from those type of well-known haunted areas for that reason. I don't want to go there um, where everyone has the same experience and it's already, you know, a known to be haunted place. And it's kind of boring to me. Why do I want to go there for? I will say that um, I did go to the Whaley House in San Diego. As a matter of fact, I've been there a few times. And the thing about the Whaley House is that I know that it is documented that the Whaley House is really haunted. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The thing about that house is when I went there, I didn't so much feel anything in the house. But I'll tell you, I felt something on the outside of the house. Um, I don't, the way the house is situated, it wasn't towards the front. It was like towards the back and the side. It was outside. We were all over that place and we've been there a few times. So that's just what happened to me. I don't know if um, how everyone else feels about that, but that's just my own particular experience at the Whaley House. The other thing that I wanted to talk about were, um, remember I told you the story about the woman and her cat? Her cat had to be put down and the cat was like 16 years old or something and the cat used to move her slippers and then she woke up and the, her slippers had been moved to where her cat used to move them. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't believe people have experiences after their pets have passed away because I know that they do and I know that um, it happens a lot. It actually happened to me um, a few years ago one of my dogs had to be put down. We had had her for maybe two years. And she was really playful. You know, she was a boxer and boxers are very playful. They love to play with their toys and to run around and 
things like that. And she had barely started calming down because boxers are also very destructive. Boxer puppies, and they're so cute. But my gosh, if you don't have eyeballs on them 24 and 7, they will tear your stuff up. So she had barely started calming down and I guess coming to be an adult boxer when she passed away. So one day I was in the kitchen and we have a big open floor plan in in our house. And from our kitchen, the other like big family room is right there, all open floor plan. And then from there, continue on and there's this windows and the sliding door and you can see the backyard and everything. I was in the kitchen and I I saw something down the corner of my eye and I looked and it was her. She was running. You know the way the dogs jet around the backyard. They go into this running thing. I would see her and at first I thought, you know, this is crazy. I've never seen any of my animals that have passed away before. So I don't know how this could be happening. And I told my husband, I said, you know what? You're not going to believe this. But I saw Roxy. And he said, oh, no, I believe you. I've seen her. Well, it would be nice if you would tell me, you know, because I was feeling kind of like I was going a little bit nuts. And... I would see her not always, but once in a while. So with this dog, she would always go and do her job on one side of the house. She wouldn't mess up all the yard. She would go to one particular side of the house. So we got a new um, boxer puppy, maybe eight months after the death of our other boxer. When we got our boxer puppy, you know, and she's outside and we're training her and this and that, immediately this puppy went to the same side of the yard that Roxy had always gone to to do her job. We didn't put her there. She walked on over there and did that. And that's where she always continued to go. And we still have her and she continues to go there. So I was thinking, as crazy as it sounds, okay, maybe to some of you this sounds like a bunch of hoo-ha, But I was thinking that, well, you know, I did see Roxy back there. So maybe that's how Daisy knows where to go. Maybe, maybe that's how. I don't know. It's just, um, you know, there's a lot to think about there. But... I guess this is a lead-in for a story I was going to talk about. I know this this woman, and um, she 
went um when her and her current boyfriend first started dating his wife had been passed away for maybe a year and a half something like that now these are older people you know not elderly but they're older and he would um you know, invite her over to his house and make dinner, you know, and he would barbecue and whatever, you know, they'd be having dinner. And she said she could like feel a presence in that house. She's like, maybe it's just my imagination. Maybe because I know that his wife, you know, passed away and this is the house that they had. She said, but I just have this feeling in there. Okay, he had to put his dog down and he had had that dog for like 15 years. He was very attached to his dog and he had to put the dog down. The dog got very sick, you know, 15 years old. And she came and told me one day that when she would be at the house and he would go every like once a month, he'd go with his friends And they would play cards and smoke cigars and whatever they do. And so she would stay there with the dog until he got home. She said, he comes home about 9, 9.30, you know, not real late or anything like that. She stayed with the dog before um, he had to put her down because she was old and she took her out and, you know, just stayed with her so she wouldn't be alone. So anyways, um, after he had to put his dog down, she says... I see that dog. I can't remember what the dog's name was, but she said, I see her. And now that she um, has moved in with him, she said, now when he goes with his friends once a month, you know, to play cards, she said, I can't stand being in that house. I'm spooked. And I feel that presence so strong. So she goes upstairs, but she said, I stay up there until he gets home. Because if I even walk out to the landing, she said one night she saw his wife. She said she saw his wife who had passed away downstairs. She said she was going to go down there because she was really thirsty and she had no choice. Like, man, and now it's dark and I'm going to go down there. And she got to the landing right there to start going down the stairs and she changed her mind because she said, I saw her. I saw her not out of the side, not, not on the side, you know, I full faced saw her and she saw the dog also. Now, I've known this particular person for many years and she's never said anything like this before. She's never talked about ghosts and she's never said, you know, any anything. So when she told me this, it kind of like um, took me by surprise. I said, you did? She's like, yes, I know what I saw. And then it, she, it got her so shook up she told him 
And he, he started laughing. Oh, you know, you're just seeing things. You're just nervous, whatever. It's fine. She's like, no, no, I saw her. And um, yes, I do believe that she did. She saw something in that house. But she says she saw the wife and the dog. Okay, that leads me into a story. Now, I know this person very, very well. This person is a family member. She lives in Texas. Now, um, she said that, you know, you, you have the separate laundry room area in your house. Some people have it in their garage, but she has it in her house, the laundry room. And she said she was in there in her house one day and she's cleaning up, you know, and she's cleaning and this and that. And she does have dogs, okay? She has two dogs. But she said she could hear something like, you know, the, the dog collar, like if they have like two things on their collar so they clank together and make that sound like a tinkle, 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 like that sound. Well, she heard this sound coming out of her laundry room. She went in there. Like one of her dogs may have been in there. No, there's nothing in that laundry room. She continued hearing this for a while. She's like, maybe it's water. Maybe, you know, we have a leak. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. No, there was no leak. There's no nothing. Just that sound. But then the sound moved from the laundry room into the dining room. The laundry room is like to the left of the dining room. It, the laundry room's like in a short little hallway. Then you come out of that little hallway and you're in this big dining room area. So that tinkling sound moved into the dining room where there is no water, there are no, there's no sink, there's no nothing. Because now to get to the sink, now you have to walk down an, another hall to get to where the sink is, you know, sometimes people think that it could be caused by like water and, you know, your piping or whatever that you've got around your faucet and, and this and that. There is nothing there. But just as suddenly as this all started, it stopped. She doesn't know what in the world it could have been, but it started she said it just would un- unnerve her because she said uh, it gave her a, a strange feeling like, okay, I know that this is for a reason. I don't know why, but now it's kind of freaking me out. So yeah, it started to freak her out and she was like, uh, I don't really want to be here by myself because I'm. it's making me not feel good. Strange sounds, you know, they are unnerving. When you hear sounds and and you don't know why, like when I could hear my ceiling crack, it sounded like an elephant was walking on the roof or something. What is that? When I heard my dresser continue to crack and make these crackling sounds, I'm like, what is that? I could get on top of that dresser and stand up on that dresser and I can't make it crack. But yet, that darn thing made this cracking sound. When I was in the room. My washer. Oh, that's another story. 
my washer has this automatic lock where when it spins or when it's doing certain functions, it locks. So then it has this little red light to let you know that now it's spinning, so it locks. Well, when it unlocks after it's done spinning for the last time, when you're ready to go and take your clothes out to put them in the dryer, it unlocks and it makes this sound. You can hear it because it's probably the locking mechanism that's un- coming unlatched. So it makes like this little like clicking sound. But I can hear that clicking sound when I'm in the kitchen, when I'm anywhere. I can hear the, the click. So say it's a, a day that I'm not using that washer. I haven't used that washer. And I'll hear it make that click. And I'll go in there and it's locked. What in the world? Why is this thing locking itself? Well, you know, there we go again with the sensors. But this washer has been doing this since we got it. And it's not old. This thing is probably about a year and a half we've had it. And it's been doing this for a year and a half. Just randomly. Not all the time. Just sometimes. But it does it when I'm home. My husband's home. No, it doesn't do it. Nope. He can be in and out of that laundry room and around the house, this and that, all live long day. But when I'm here is when it happens. I go into that laundry room and I was taking clothes out of the dryer. And the darn thing locked. That washer. So what I try to do is I push that button, you know, and... Like if you want to pause your washer or whatever or, or stop it, I keep pushing that button. Sometimes I have to unplug it. I go plug it back in 12 hours later, the darn thing's still locked. And finally, it'll make that click and it'll unlock itself. There is no rhyme or reason to why these things happen unless it's some sort of attention getter because we all know that there are these things. The majority of things, the sounds, the, you know, these little annoyances are attention getters. So I just, um, you know, I'm just annoyed by them. I don't acknowledge anything. I just, um, I'll try to yank that thing open. And as a matter of fact, I was going to, try to unscrew that little locking thing one day or file it down. But then I decided that, oh, you know, it doesn't do it all the time. I don't want to have to go through a big hassle. But every once in a while, I just feel like getting those big old, whatever they're called, bolt cutter scissor things and just cutting that thing so it can't lock anymore. Yeah, me and uh, crazy stuff like that. Go figure. But anyhow, um, that's about it for now. I think I've talked long enough. You guys probably want a break from me now. Um, I'm going to attempt to get back again this week with something else that I just heard about today that was really pretty eh, kind of creepy. I guess it depends on how sensitive you are. 
And um, next week, though, is when we're really going to get into some weird stuff, okay? So thanks for coming on, and I want you guys to know that I really appreciate you as listeners, and um, I'm glad that you decide to listen, okay? I really do appreciate it. So everybody take care. Ciao.